Welcome everyone, Blue here with Alchemy Unbound, and here today I am here to continue the talk about bee venom because it inspired further research. So today we're going to talk about bee venom, Parkinson's, and hypercalcemia. So as I looked more into the psoriasis that the bee venom can cure, it turns out psoriasis and eczema are associated with hypocalcemia. So really, people who are not depositing calcium appropriately for whatever reason are going to experience eczema and psoriasis. This could mean that you don't get enough calcium in your diet or just that you have things in your diet that are preventing your absorption. Um, bee venom increases the serum flow of calcium ions, which actually decreases the serum flow of magnesium and phosphorus in your body. Uh, and this is what bee stings do. So someone who actually has hypocalcemia will actually have some benefits from bee stings. Apitherapy, which is the field of study using bee products, namely their venom, um, seeks to use them as therapeutic agents and according to a meta-study between universities in France and Lebanon it was concluded that bee venom contains advantageous potential in treating inflammation and central nervous system diseases such as Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease. Moreover, bee venom has shown promising benefits against different types of cancer as well as antiviral activity even the challenging human immunodeficiency virus. Uh, that is exactly what they said. <laughs> uh, so we see here that um, it turns out bee venom has a lot of advantageous value for the body as a long-term benefit, not in short-term. In short-term high dosages, it actually can cause death in some people, of course because of these ion flows. But understanding these ion flows will actually show us how to be ready for such a thing. Uh, and one thing that I, we have found is that magnesium oil will help immediately with a bee sting because it'll have to actually lower the amount of calcium that's traveling in your body. It'll lower the speed because they live in a similar channel together. Um, so what humanity has discovered is that certain compounds of bee venom inhibit the body from using potassium normally. By disrupting our natural signal patterns, bee venom tells your body to use more calcium and to not use the other stuff. Uh, it, this leads to blood pressure and hormonal shifts. This affects your calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, and potassium levels. Um, so when a bee stings you, it is deregulating all of these things, but it is giving your body a bunch of amino acids in the process. You're getting tons of proteins. So you're also being given all of the tools to repair all of the damage that has been done. Uh, that was what they have found that uh, bee stings can actually give you the resources to become more resistant to bee venom in the future. Which is pretty wild. Nature gives you something that, yes, right now, is a painful experience and is growing and might take some time and care but with the proper care and the proper attention you will grow back even stronger than before and you could take more bee stings if you wanted to so back on the idea of choice so looking back at this idea though with bee stings they, they found that Parkinson's has been associated with hypercalcemia 
So if your body is experiencing hypercalcemia, and bee stings can actually uh, affect your regulation of calcium, they have found that Parkinson's is reduced when we use bee venom as one of the medications. Specifically, this is because the basal ganglia becomes more calcified during the Parkinson's experience, and they're not exactly sure which happens first, whether the basal ganglia calcifies, you get Parkinson's, or vice versa. But in either case, when you're able to lower the calcium content, or at least move the calcium flow, which is what the bee venom does, then we see a reduction in that these effects of the calcification and of the Parkinson's. And that is the general basis of everything that I have clued together today. So to recap, what we find is that psoriasis and Parkinson's can both be alleviated by bee venom for the opposite reasons. Psoriasis is due to hypocalcemia. Parkinson's is due to hypercalcemia. But what bee venom does is it moves calcium more, whatever it is. Uh, magnesium oil has also been found to modulate the calcium and potassium flow and to provide relief for bee stings. So that brings the conclusion to the um, prepared portion of this podcast. So moving on here, we're going to go off the cuff a little bit just to kind of explain um, where I've come from with this. And uh, just to kind of talk at y'all a little bit, see what, uh, what y'all are feeling. So the idea here is I'm trying to discover simple ways that you can find nature to be able to balance whatever it is that we are experiencing, whatever issue, whether it's a calcium issue, potassium, iron, a probiotic, all these things ultimately come down to, um, you know, some sort of equilibrium in the body, whether it's the gut, the brain, or just the actual cellular issues we have. So my goal is to kind of root back to that. And I had a great conversation the other day with some friends of mine where we talked about um, what causes the root of people's plethora of disorders. Where are their roots coming from? And one of the roots we have discovered, and this is through scientific study, that uh, mental disease, any disease of the mind has been associated with disease of the gut, including IBS. So one study I read found 94% comorbidity with IBS and some sort of psychological disorder, whether it's OCD, um, PTSD, um, schizophrenia, like, I mean, you name it, it was on the list. Autism, anxiety, depression, all of these associated with the gut flora. And what they have found is that when you improve the gut flora, people will have a reduction in these things. Not that you don't have these thoughts anymore. Not that you are not, you're still exactly who you've always been. But your reaction to the things that you've reacted to before change when you have different foods in your body. And we have discovered that when we're eating more fatty acids, more sugars, uh, taking more corticosteroids, we are bringing the agent, the body into a more, um, 
I'm careful to say this word, but into a more acidified state, there is more energy moving happening because you're eating energies, proteins, sugars, carbohydrates. Those are energies. Those move things. Your building blocks are um, nutrients. That's how our proteins get deposited with nutrients. And nutrients come with a lot of different metal complexes your magnesiums, your coppers, your sodiums, your potassiums, all of these are metals. And metals bond with your nonmetals to create your tissue in your body. So, the discussion we had, we were talking about the gut flora, when it is fixed, helps the mind not think so erratically. It lowers the uh, ups and downs of your mind, if you think of it as a sine wave your crest and trough. But what leads to the gut falling out of order? That was the next question. And um, what I found through some research there is that your adrenal system is highly associated with IBS as well. That when your adrenal system is overstimulated or for some reason underactive, that we see IBS dis disorders occurring. So then the question becomes, okay, this almost sounds like the adrenal system leads to the disruption of uh, the gut in the way that they were explaining in the article. So I haven't finished up following up this entire train, so this is where I'm throwing it out. I'm crowdsourcing it. I'm here with you guys. You guys are here with me. We're here to, to learn these things together and just a spitball. Um, cortisol is the main production of um, steroid stimulation our body will use. We'll, use. we'll create cortisol, we'll create testosterone, we'll create a handful of uh, st steroids in the body. But when your adrenal system is producing more cortisol than your body is using, it stays in the system for longer, which uh, cortisol, OL, it's an alcohol, you're having an alcohol in your system that is sitting around for longer than it needs to. That changes the homeostasis of your body. So I'm going to start um, philosophizing here. You can use that word for it so that no one takes me too seriously in this moment that I, I believe very much in what I'm saying. Cortisol is, incre is induced by stress, by fear. Fear is what drives the adrenal system. Fears are what drive a lot of uh, our get-up-and-go movement. And most of the time, that fear happens because it's for your life. But when you are not fearing for your physical life, in this world, we now fear for our egoic life, our mental life, our, our uh, digital life, our social life. We are fearing for things that don't actually kill us when we die, when they die, actually. You know, your ego can be killed, and you're going to get to respawn it the next day as soon as you want to. Um, you know, your career can die, but you can keep moving and working and finding a new career. The things pass for different reasons. So in this world, the death that we feel feels intense. And we don't know what an actual death is because we'll never go through it until that one time. <laughs> So, uh, until we experience that, everything we're experiencing feels like an immense amount of feeling. Especially in a world where we are um, invited into many 
situations where we can feel stress and guilt and discomfort and disease. So what I'm getting at here is that stress is driven by your mental complex. Your, your body doesn't really know to stress. It's your mind. It's your sensations that tell you to stress. Your brain says, body, we got to do something. And your body responds and says, yes, let's do this. Let's react, as, as you say. So when we can control what our brain reacts to, we will produce less stress, less adrenaline, which means we will produce less strain on our gut, which in turn will produce less depressive and anxiety-driven thoughts. So this really is a cycle. They are really all connected. And the real root, the real question that I came to is, is what is the original problem? What is the original question to solve this whole root that creates all this side effect? And it came down to, in this discussion with friends, um, ego, death. That what creates fear is a, some sort of ego we have created, whether we are the victim, whether we are the savior, whether we are the hero, whether we are the villain. Whatever ego we have chosen to create, that is who we believe we are. We will fight for that. We will be that. We will do anything within our virtue set to do that. If that is allowed to dissolve, we say death, but dissolve, ego dissolution. If that is allowed to dissolve, then the things that we fear become opportunities for different things. They become chances for greater rather than uh, a fear of loss. Because loss comes with the idea that you have had something to begin with. And we only possess as, as much as is actually happening in that present moment. So um, nothing is actually granted to you for any given moment. Every given moment you have really is a gratitude blessing because you are not deserved any of those moments, but you are offered them so that you may offer whatever it is you have to offer. So back to the root. If we are trying to reduce depression, anxiety, OCD, PTSD, we could go through the rigmarole of affecting our diet and then of reducing our stress and then of thinking of higher spiritual things. Really, we should be doing all of those things because all of them play into this equation. And they all affect each other. But first and foremost, we actually absolutely need to have talks with our ego. We need to discuss why is it that this brings pain, this idea, this potential, this lifestyle. Why are these bringing pain rather than pleasure? 
And what can we do to change that? Because everything is within your power as much of work as you want to put into it. You know, you have as much work as you can, and you can work as hard as you think you can. But what brings you passion? So that becomes the next question. What are we passionate about? What could I do every day of my life and only feel better after doing it? Bring more joy into me, into others. How can I just make this world so much better all the time? When we have that question, we're driven in a different way than when we are in fear. It's not what do I need. If I need food, I'll find it. If I if I need a place to stay, I'll I'll, I'll do whatever I'll do what I can. Um, this mentality that I'm learning, as much as everyone else, is the more you do, the more that will be done for you. Some would say. God helps those who help themselves. We all have our own phrases. Yeah. So this is where I am today. Bee venom. Parkinson's. And wholesome thoughts. Wholesome passion. I, uh, I encourage you to do some art today, whatever it is that you choose. It will be exactly what you need. Until next time. Much love.